to Blast from the Arsenal. Hey everybody, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal, and of course proudly sponsored by Productive Design. Now if this is your first time listening or you're returning back because you just love it that much, then welcome to our show. I'm your host Angelo, joining me as ever is the man in the notes, Diddley. How you doing Diddley? Very well, thanks Angelo. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, I'll get it in there now. Loads to talk about this week and there is absolutely loads to talk about. So um, recording a day late because of uh, because of me being a pain in the backside um, and the Everton game seems a million miles away now, doesn't it? But we'll, we'll come on to all of that in uh, in a moment. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty good. Thank you. I'm pretty good. Good, good. Uh, nothing to report your end, is there? It's just... Uh, no, unfortunately, my social life is still non-existent. It's just work, work, work. Whereas, uh, you know, you've got Cigar Club. You've got <laughs> new tattoos. Yeah, I've got all sorts of crazy stuff going on right well, now. Everything's going on. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's that's just the kind of guy I am. Yeah, you call it Cigar Club. I just like a cigar every now and again. And a mutual yeah. friend of ours is also big into cigars. So it's... Uh, you know, it's it's all good. It's all good. Don't hate. Don't hate. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. <laughs> um, much love. Much love. Much love. Exactly. Uh, I, I say this every week. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode, uh, whichever platform that may be. Uh, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Where I think you'd be hard pressed to look at a um, podcasting platform that we're not on. Uh, so if you want to prove me wrong, feel free. Get in touch. Um, speaking of which, Diddley, we're on social media. So where could they get in touch if they wanted to on, say, Twitter and Instagram? Uh, that would be at Blast Arsenal Pod. At Blast Arsenal Pod. The easiest way to get in touch. Yeah. yeah. We, we do have same, emails, same every week. Same every week. I mean, I was going to say, we do have emails. We just don't look at them. So <laughs> don't even bother. Just get in touch on the socials. Give us abuse like I got this week, which was fun. Um, you know, it's okay to disagree on opinions. It's fine. Some people took it. It is. It is. Look, it's alright to have different opinion as long as you agree with me in the end. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, right. It does feel at the moment we couldn't support a more divisive club, could we? That's very true. That's very true. The one thing that has brought us together is this uh, stupid European Super League and you know the Cronkies and our shitty owners. For, for our owners um exactly. you know i've got to say first and foremost how proud i am of all the arsenal fans that turned up on friday before the game um for the protests it was it was brilliant absolutely yeah it was very um what's the word very respectful was that the right phrase to use it was yeah yeah a respectful um protest albeit someone did fall through or fall off one of the uh, was it the armory um, roof landed yeah. face face first, which uh, which isn't great, but there you go. Um, so yeah, you know a very divisive fan base, but like you say, we are we're all, we're all clubbing together in the right in the right direction. So it's all good, it's all good. Don't worry. Uh, right, we're gonna have to start where we always start, which is tweet of the week. So Diddley, would you mind doing the honors and giving us that intro? Tweet it a week, tweet it a week, tweet it a week. Beautiful, beautiful. Right, 
tweet of the week i've got loads of tweet of the weeks this week because again it's been such an eventful week um it's hard you know it's hard to choose just one so i'm going to run through quite a few that i've got and uh go for it i'm gonna know, pick one this week you can pick a winner exactly that exactly what um see one of these tweets of the week does relate to a big story that's that's taken place this week so i'm gonna touch on it so that we can get context for this tweet of the week and then obviously we'll come back to the main story in just a moment so it's reported this week that daniel Eck, the 38 year old owner of spotify and arsenal fan uh, is to launch a takeover of arsenal football club uh, and he's uh, he's got Thierry Henry, dennis burkham and patrick vieira on side to form i don't know if it's a bit of a consortium but maybe they're just fronting it but either way uh, the key point here is that um, somebody wants to buy the Cronkies out. So as I say, we'll come on to that in just a moment. But the key point is Daniel Ek, uh, owner, founder of Spotify. You, you've thrown me there because I, I thought you were going to say how hilarious Spurs have been this week. Well, we'll come on to that. But but actually, you say come on to that. Go on. Go, t- tell us what's happened. What's happened? They, just well, they hired Mourinho to win a trophy. And they got to the final. So I'm guessing... Mourinho won the match. I mean, fans were allowed back into Wembley, but um, you know, a bit like Tottenham's fans. So I don't think uh, Spurs turned up. Hey, <laughs> yes, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I know we're doing tweet of the week right now, but yeah, we do have to talk about that. Hired a manager who was a serial trophy winner, like him or loathe him. You know, Jose Mourinho. He gets them to a final. Their opportunity to win a first trophy since 2008, and they decide to sack him. Interesting. They then decide to replace him with was he 29 year old? Is that right? Um, yeah, Ryan so, Mason. Uh, he's still in his 20s, I think. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's 29 year old Ryan Mason, uh, who prior to that Cup final had only had one managerial game, which was you know their their latest Premier League game. Um, lost only 1-0 to Manchester City, albeit it could have been 6-7-0 if uh, City had taken some of their chances. I, I mean, what... I, people say it, Arsenal are a joke, but there's always Spurs there to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal are a joke, but Spurs are the punchline. Yeah, I mean, I, they're just mind-blowing. Like I said, I think I tweeted, actually, um, has anyone else won the same amount of... Uh, Football trophies as, as Harry Kane because I know I have. I think have you did, Lee? Have you? I've probably won more if I'm being honest. Wow, that's yeah. that's a good point. Not professional ones, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that yeah, you're right. I should have started with that because um, you know, funny, funny jokes, man. Lucky. Uh, look, we're we're in no real position to be laughing at Spurs, but at least we've won a trophy more recently. Um, so. Uh, yeah, and the joke, did you just look at your watch? <laughs> I did, not to see what the time was. I've got an Apple Watch, and obviously when someone sends you a text message, it comes up as a message on your on your watch. So. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't looking at my watch to see. So it's not uh, that recent. How long has it been? Five minutes? Six minutes? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, we've won a trophy more recently, and of course we're in the semi-final, which we'll come on to shortly, but we're in the semi-final of um, the Europa League. So uh, anyway, look, ha-ha and unlucky. Next, uh, tweet of the week. Yeah, there you go. I was reading tweet, tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Take two. Uh, so, yeah, just going back. That's my rewind sound effect. Awful. 
so I was saying, yes, um, Daniel Ek, owner of Spotify, uh, and he's proposing a takeover of Arsenal. We'll come to that shortly. So Tweet of the Week has a couple of suggestions. One is from KS, also known as at Seth underscore happens. And he says, I will happily suffer through 100 Spotify ads a day to see this deal go through. Anything to get crunky out. Mm. Uh, obviously a nod to the fact that Spotify have paid premiums, uh, memberships or free memberships, which do include lots of adverts. Um, so, yeah, we do there, KS. Uh, Sorry, quickly, do you have Spotify at all? Do you? I do have Spotify, yeah. I'm contributing to our future owner's uh, fortune. Same, same. Yeah. Why are you Spotify, not Apple Music? I thought you have Apple Music, didn't you? I used to have someone else's Apple Music. Ah, we okay. Won't we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Um, next tweet of the week is from at Mel... Oh, why do you say this? Melkior underscore Arsenal, also known as David. Hi, David. Um, after the Everton game, he says, party weekly pigeon kill. Tick. <laughs> because... Thomas oh, Party's yeah. got some fantastic qualities, but long-range shooting is not one of them f- based on his Arsenal career. I don't know about you. No, he's not. Um, so we need to keep him away from that. Um, this one, at Poznan in my pants, who's also known as PIMP. Uh, he's put people getting excited about Willock scoring goals at Newcastle yesterday. But if this was Willock scoring for Arsenal, VAR cancels it out for a Pepe offside on March the 3rd, 2018 for Lille. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, which is very true. Such is our luck. And hey, look, we'll come on to Lone Watch shortly. But Joe Willock is having a, a good loan spell. Hilsey the Gooner at Gooner Hilsey says, "To dare is to do what exactly?" <laughs> which is to dare <laughs> is to do is obviously the Spurs uh, motto. What exactly, indeed? Yeah, it's a it's a good point. That is a good point. And the last one um, is funny as well. It's from someone called Pet. At Pet Berisha, he put, my Spurs mate has just said, it's literally the equivalent of you sacking Wenger six days before an FA Cup final and hiring Emmanuel from Pong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously in relation to Ryan Mason um, taking the, the Cup final team. So some 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 goodies there and, and a mixed bag between more Spurs mockery, um, you know, Arsenal players, uh, potential takeover. So... Which one is going to be your tweet of the week? Oh, toughy, toughy. You know, I do like that that um, Spurs quote one. I can't, I can't remember what, what the, it was. the last one. It's literally the equivalent of you sacking Wenger six days. No, no, no. The, I think it's the one before that. Sorry, um, that's all right. Spurs, Spurs. That was the only Spurs one. <laughs> oh wait, you mean to dare is to do what exactly? Yeah, that one. Hillsy the Gooner, you are this week's tweet of the week. Well done, mate. I like we need a little fanfare. That's 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 gonna have to be something we work on. Okay. You got you got one off the cuff or? <laughs> we'll call that no. No. <laughs> but well done, well done, Hillsy. I'm, I'm not a soundboard. I know, but you're very creative, Diddley. You're very creative. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Big news this week. Um, and exciting news, I think, given how well our youngsters have performed this season. Uh, following Belogan 
or Flo, as he's known to his friends, apparently, has signed a new contract to stay with Arsenal until 2025. Um, obviously, he's been prolific at youth level. He scored two goals this season, both coming in the uh, Europa League against Molde and Dundalk, I think it was. Um, and he was out of contract at the end of the season. If rumours are to be believed, he, he's you know, had over 15, 20 offers around the around the world. Um, but primarily linked, I think, with, with Germany. There was a very close link with VFB Stuttgart at one point. Um, but um, in his words, I believe Mikel Arteta and Edu sort of sold him the, the project. And he's taken particular inspiration from Bukayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe as players that are given their chance um, at Arsenal to progress from academy to first team. So um, initial thoughts on that, because he was getting a lot of hate um, not so long ago from Arsenal fans when there were rumours that he was asking for silly money to stay. Uh, and at that point, they were just rumours. I mean, we don't know what he's he's supposedly going to be on in terms of his um, weekly wage, but they were just rumours and obviously everyone's jumped on the bandwagon at that point. And now people have kind of gone full circle. So what what's your gut reaction when you saw that? Good news. Yeah. Um, young, talented. He's... he's- you know, it's clearly obvious that that he's got that sort of level. Um, he's been in and around the first team for a while. Um, yeah, it's it's an exciting prospect, and if he doesn't make it, you know, sorry to put that sort of money look on it, but at least we're protecting our asset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, to lose someone like that on a free would have been very bad, very bad for the club, very, not good business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fair play to Arteta and Edu. They've done it again. They've managed to persuade someone to to stay, uh, to, to sign a long-term contract uh, like they did with Bukayo Saka uh, last season, like they've done with Aubameyang. Um where where does he fit? Where does he fit in the team? Is well, he, yeah. He obviously believes that he's got a route. Um, maybe he knows something that we don't. Uh, potentially, we could lose maybe one, maybe two centre forwards. So, I guess that's that's where it'll be. You know, yeah. whether it's Lacazette or I would have thought Nketiah would would go this summer. If I'm yeah. being honest, yeah. Absolutely, and and I think that that those positions will be up for grabs, and and you know it's good, it's a good option to find the solution internally as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a good player. I hope people don't expect him to come into the first team and set the world alight because it's not it's not the norm to have youngsters come and do that immediately. We've obviously had two in particular that have that have come through and, and done that in uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka. Um, and also, I guess, with Martinelli, I know he's not um, you know, from the academy, but at such a young age, he was very impressive. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll make that sort of impact, but I don't think there should be any expectation that if he doesn't do that straight away, he's rubbish. Um, you know, under 23s this season, he's played 16 games, eight goals, two assists. Um, and he's only 19. People forget that. 19 years old. What were you doing at 19 years old? You know, would you have been able to deal with that pressure? Um, he's, um, 
he's he's yeah he's a really really good player and, and all I ever hear is good things about him um when it was with the under 18s before moving to the under 23s uh that's when the Arsenal under 18s won the the league title started 19 games scored 25 goals two hat-tricks and scored four goals in one game as well so he's, he's no mug you know that even at under 18 level that's that's impressive do you think he'd benefit from a short loan move away uh ala um, Emil Smith Rowe, or do you think, given what you've just said about Enketia, likely to go? There's still talk of um, uh, Lacazette likely to go. That actually he's going to have a credible route into the first team. Uh, this is all very sort of if dependent on certain factors. I would suggest that if we don't qualify for Europe. Um, which doesn't look like we're going to in the league. You know, there would have been some games there for him next season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've got the domestic cups that he can play in. Is that enough? The odd league game here and there, the odd substitute appearance. I don't know. He could well benefit from, you know, just one season away, you know, go get some games under your belt, get some experience at um, sort of, adult level yeah championship professional level uh rather than under 23s because there is a massive step up even in the championship so yeah i I wouldn't be opposed to it but obviously we need more than two two strikers at the club yeah yeah absolutely i'm um i'm of the mindset that uh we're at a, a real crossroads with lacazette He's already on good money. Um, and obviously that's largely probably being funded in part by the fact that we have some form of European qualification uh, and therefore the funds that come from that. But you're right, it's looking unlikely that we're going to get into Europe unless we win the Europa League. And even there's, there's still a massive task to be to be done there. Um, I just wonder if we don't make it into Europe our finances are going to be hit quite considerably and therefore we probably won't be able to afford to offer Lacazette the contract he wants. So chances are we're going to be forced to sell him. Um, and Ketia is has done okay, hasn't he? I mean, we've been sort of championing him early part of this season, but he's kind of not really had the game time, the latter part. So that would suggest he's not really heading towards the top of the um, prefer, preferred strikers at Arsenal under Arteta, so he'll probably be off. So, realistically speaking, Aubameyang is going to be number one striker, and there is a credible spot, as I say, for a, a, a good number two striker if those two are going to be off. Um, Martinelli's probably going to play on the wing, along with Pepe and Saka, and kind of fight it out between those guys. Maybe Willian, if he's still around, if if he, he's not gone. Although I did see he was linked with an MLS. Was it LA Galaxy? I think he was linked with this this week. Um, so, yeah, I, there's there's every opportunity he could make it. What we have to take um, a view on and maybe learn from is fantastic that Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have done as well as they have. There is the other side of that coin, though, isn't there? You know, there is... Um, Reese Nelson in particular that hasn't gone anywhere. You know, he went to Hoffenheim for a short spell, but he stayed at Arsenal all season and I could probably count on one hand how many appearances he's made for us this season. Um, 
Joe Willock, at least he kind of went out on loan, the same with Angela Maitland-Niles. At least they went out and tried to better themselves, you know. So he's, he's got to look and see what others have done and kind of think, that's worked well, that hasn't worked well. And sitting on my Todd thinking I'm going to sort of get straight into the first team hasn't worked for, for some of these, so why should it work for me? I know it's, like I say, a different um, situations if we're not in Europe. But, uh, I, yeah, I think... Um, I think the club should be pleased that he signed and I think he should um, be pleased the sub the, the, the club have sort of invested in him, but also he needs to decide which way he thinks the immediate uh, route to take on his, um, on his future is at Arsenal, you know, one step back to take two yeah. steps forward, that kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, there were talks of Emil Smith-Rowe getting a new contract as well. Um, because, right. Uh, obviously, we, we've just spoken about Belogan. Saka got a new contract um, this season. I think it was this season, wasn't it? I'm losing track. Uh, Abamyang's obviously had a, a new long-term contract, and we know we know what our situation is like with contracts. We've been appalling for years and years and years. So it's kind of good that we're tying up our, our better prospects. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe absolutely deserves one, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. He's he's established himself as a as a first team regular. Um, a little bit forced, I think, because we've sort of lacked anyone really in that that position. So, but still, he's taken it with with both hands, and does it, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I, I, yeah, I hope we get that. Um, I hope we get that tied up. And as you say, absolutely deserves uh, the opportunity to. Um, uh, to, to get a new contract and continue playing at Arsenal. I think the, the, the thing with these kids that come through the academy is, A, clearly they're good enough, and B, they have a, a deep found love for the club, you know? Because mm. uh, I remember uh, Wenger tried to create something similar to what Barcelona had with La Masia, didn't he? And as much as if we can get these kids playing together from such a young age, by the time they get to the first team, they're all going to know how to play with each other and they're all going to be you know comfortable they'll have a love for the club a connection they'll want to do really really well um maybe he was a bit ahead of his time at arsenal in that respect but it seems like it's coming to fruition a little bit uh, at the moment uh, granted results on the pitch won't necessarily back that up but in in spells we are seeing it aren't we yeah we are um we're probably a little bit too reliant on on that group aren't we but uh they do click very well when they're on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I also think um, that maybe our results reflect that. Um, while they, they're good some weeks, you know, we're very inconsistent and, and that comes with that young age. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. Which is ironic because our youngsters have been our most consistent players this season, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe some of the more seasoned professionals of have sort of been, uh, you know, not not putting in the levels of performances that you'd expect. So, um, yeah, good. All right. Well, look, that's the uh, that that's kind of one of the big stories this week. So, really pleased with that, and well done to Arsenal um, for for getting that sorted because it was looking like there was only one way out for him. Uh, good. All right. Next big news story this week, and you you can't sort of switch on the news at the moment without seeing it. Certainly, Sky Sports News. Uh, but anywhere on social media and um, uh, and uh, as I say, just on the internet in general, 
38-year-old Swedish billionaire, uh, Daniel Ek, wants to buy out Arsenal. He wants to buy KSE out and um, take over and, you know, take control of the club. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Sometimes it's better the devil you know. You know, you might think something's shit, and it is, but you might think something's shit, and then it turns out to be really bad because how many other clubs have been bought out by, you know, huge billionaire owners and they've just gone down the pan? I, I would argue maybe QPR, um, Leeds, uh, etc. I'm sure there are others. I'm having a bit of a blank moment at the minute, but there are others that have obviously been taken over the likes of a Chelsea and a Man City, the other success stories, if you like. So what, what's your view? Would this be an out of the frying pan into the fire or based on what you know of him, the fact that he's a big Arsenal fan, do you think that makes the difference? It has to make a bit of a difference. I think um, it's a good start. Yeah. You know, if, if he's got some sort of uh, emotional attachment to the club, I think compared to the Cronkies, it's just, yeah, it's very positive. Um, he's talking about getting some former players on board as well. I'm not sure what sort of role they're going to have, whether it's advisory or, or to be on the board or yeah. what, but I think that's a good idea. That feels to me like something that we've really, really lacked. Even in Wenger years, you know, um, Robert Perez has been hanging around, but not really doing anything as such. He's not a coach. He's just like a spare player that comes to to play at, at training. Um, obviously, we had Freddie that was there with the with the youths, um, and now Per Mertesacker. Edu's come back, um, but you know that was post. Wenger era but it kind of feels like we had the best defense in England for so long yet nobody has been integrated into the into the coaching staff we had the best strike partnership in arguably Premier League history in Bergkamp and Bergkamp and Omri neither have sort of had a place at Arsenal it just seems like we've got all of this experience and you know we ended up with the odd one or two I, I just found that really really strange and it could well be just because some of those players were quite big personalities and the ones we've kept on, with all due respect, maybe they're yes men. Yeah. You know, Steve Bold looks like he's that type. I don't know him personally, but... yeah. You know, Perma Asaka, nice guy again. You know, is he really going to sort of stand up and, and be counted? And I think that's been a, been a worry for, for bringing players like that in, former players like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I do I do think it, it's a positive thing. If If... I can't see it happening, though, if I'm being honest. I can't see them wanting to sell. Yeah. It have to be a big, big offer. Um, they've never sell, sold one of their franchises, have they, or investments or, or whatever you want to call it. Correct. So I'm not sure how they've made money, actually. How do you make money without selling stuff? Uh, I think uh, his... They've got KSE. Go up, is it? Well, and I don't know. The, the, the paper. 
Yeah, they've got KSE Entertainment, haven't they? So I think they've got... Um, or are they going to entertain us then at some point? <laughs> have they got like a sports network or something? I'm not sure what it is, but um, but yeah, they, they've got a lot of fingers in a lot of pies. And I think uh, Stan Kroenke's wife owns Walmart or something. I'm sure I've read that before. So, uh, which obviously the the massive chain of uh, yeah. of supermarkets in in America. I'm sure, she just sold it. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, interestingly, the uh, the Kroenkes have released a statement this evening. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't, no. So the statement says, in recent days, we've noted media speculation regarding a potential takeover bid for Arsenal Football Club. We remain 100% committed to Arsenal and are not selling any stake in the club. We have not received any offers and will not entertain any offer. Um, Our ambition for Arsenal remains to compete to win the biggest trophies in the game and our focus remains on improving our competitiveness on the pitch to achieve this. And that's signed Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke of Kroenke Sports and Entertainment. <laughs> well, they actually put their name to something. They have. They well, have. That's a start, isn't it? Now, my understanding is um, that my computer is going to crash. No, we're okay. My understanding is that um, the Kroenkes, all in all, paid $1.8 billion for Arsenal. That, that's what I, I'm sure I read. Um Oh, am I lying? No, here we go. The most recent Forbes valuation from May 2019 said the Gunners are valued at 1.8 billion, but that figure is certain to have changed in the two years since owing to the lack of Champions League football and the coronavirus pandemic. So I actually, I lie. I don't know what um, the Cronkies paid um, for for Arsenal, but the speculation is that the bid would be around 1.8 billion from Daniel Ek. Um, so 1.8 billion. His personal net worth apparently is just over three million. That's where my worry lies, if I'm completely honest with you, because if two thirds of your wealth you're going to invest into Arsenal, a billion pounds in this day and age is not a lot to run a football club. And of course, you're not going to put all of your own personal money into that. I'm sure you'll raise it as capital. So then, does that mean the club would be instantly in debt? You know, what I'm trying to say is that it shits having the Cronkies, but is this guy the right guy just because he's a fan and got a lot of money? Because it's hard to be a billionaire in this day and age and it actually mean an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, awful. <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying, though, or not? It's all right saying, yeah, we've got a billionaire, Spotify owner, and then, you know, Sheikh Mansour at Man City comes in going, nice one, i got that in my pocket. Um, I'll spend that on the, four new... kind of credit they get from the bank, right? Say again. It would be the kind of credit that they get from the bank. What? That's what their personal worth. Yeah. Worth, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're quite possibly right. You're quite possibly right. I, I think you're right in as much as it can't hurt to have owners that care about the club because they're fans. They're not businessmen. You know, that, I think that's how they would view themselves first. Um. There's that guy on Sky Sports News who I absolutely hate. That Cave, is that his name? Kavesh, Cave, the one who always does the transfer updates. You'd recognise him if you saw him. And uh, he um, he said something the other day. Like apparently he's an avid Arsenal fan. He watches Arsenal on on laptops whilst they're in boardroom meetings and stuff. <laughs> Where are you getting this information from? Absolute douchebag. Um, Oh, just honestly. Um, so uh, 
yeah, I think it would be great to sell. What was what's going to entice the Cronkies to sell? Is it fan mm-hmm. pressure or is it wow, that's a big Money. offer, we can't afford to say no to it? Money. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's the only language they speak. Yeah. What what do they want? Li- I like to think that I'm an old, you know, old soul, an old romantic. I like to think that Ooh. this protest, the fan pressure, has made them sort of hold their hands up, take a step back and realise what they're dealing with. Has and it? What, I don't what, know. Yeah, I was going to say. And what, I don't think they'll sell, but they have to show because it's only going to get louder. Yeah. We won't put up with it for years and years. It will get louder and louder, more people. How are they going to handle it? I mean, interestingly, uh, there was the famous We Care Do You campaign. What was another big protest against the Cronkies because we were, you know, the, the fans were saying, Jesus, you're not putting your hand in your pocket. You're not spending any money. This is ridiculous. We care about the club, do you? And on the back of that, we spunked 72 million on uh, Pepe, rightly or wrongly, um, amongst others. The bottom line is we spent a lot of money that transfer window. And it does seem like they need a little kick at the backside every now and again to say, are you running this football club or not? And so this does feel like it's another one of those moments where the fans have gone, what are you doing? Do you actually give a shit? Uh, and Josh has come out, hasn't he, and said, look, we are going to invest in the club. We are going to invest in the playing team. Uh, it's more than that, though. It's, it's more it than is. that. It's more than just throwing some money at some players. You know, I, I appreciate that is <laughs> we do need that. But it's more than that. The connection between the fans and the club, I mean, it's on a shoestring at the minute. Yeah. When you see the likes of Ian Wright coming out and talking against the owners and bear in mind how close he is to Arsenal, how much he does with Arsenal, you know, a lot of the uh, um, almost ambassadorial type roles where he's doing videos and, you know, all of the Arsenal interviews, right? He's big into that. So for him to come out and talk against the owners, Henri this week came out and said the same thing, didn't he? He came out and said, I don't recognise my club anymore. For people that are that um, closely aligned to the clubs, but also uh, such big names in in the world and in the history of Arsenal, to come out and talk against the owners, the owners have got to, you know, take heed from that and think, shit, well, maybe we are doing something wrong here. Maybe we do. Maybe you know, Daniel Ek is saying I'm going to get Vieira, Henri, and uh, Burkamp on on board. I don't know if he's starting a five-a-side. Um, but... <laughs> You know, It'd be one hell of a five aside, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I'm guessing they're going to stick him in goal. Um, I, uh, you know, maybe the owners should should look at that and go, why don't we get them on side? Why don't we get them in our team? We already own the club. Why don't we get them in and get them to tell us what we need to do or make them the the voice or the the conduit between supporters and the club? No, just I, I, like- I, I couldn't be more on board with it. I, I think it, it's. They need more Arsenal men and women on the board, you know. Yeah. Like whatever it is, people in and around the club, people that know what it means to be the Arsenal. Yeah. 
on the on the boards, advisory roles, ambassadors, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. There's just not enough of it. Um, and and you know what? It, well, the thing is, as well, all of that, all of that um, spills down, doesn't it, from the top all the way down to the playing field where the the team plays because. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it before. There's a documentary on Netflix. Me of all people talking about a documentary. Who'd have thought it? Um, there's a documentary on Netflix about Juventus. And um, I can't remember who it is. Somebody's Somebody's gone in there new. It may have been Chesney, actually, when he left Arsenal. But some, somebody like that left, left uh, sorry, joined Juventus. And they couldn't believe how much from the top all the way down to the bottom the um, pressure to win is massive. And so everyone is focused and switched on all the time. You know, it's like you cannot fail. Failure does not exist at this club. And it's been said a long time at Arsenal that it's been a bit of a try your best, you know, as long as we get into the top four, as long as we get into the top six, as long as we're in the top half of the table, you know, and that that barometer seems to be getting lower and lower, doesn't it? That that bar of success. Um you almost need those players that have been there and have won it and have done it in the not too distant past to come in and say, this is how you, it is to play for Arsenal. This is what is expected of you. Because with the greatest respect in the world, Per Mertesacker didn't have like, you know, he's not exactly classed as an Arsenal legend, is he? Edu, technical director, all right, he's an invincible, but he's kind of a bit of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a, a second-rate midfielder. It was a bit part player. Exactly. That. Yeah. Exactly. It's not an Henri. It's not a Burkham. Dare I say, not even a Sol Campbell. You know, Sol Campbell is massively underrated. I think in terms of his desire and drive to want to win. Uh, you know, that's why he left White Hart Lane, wasn't it, to to win the league? So he did it with Arsenal at White Hart Lane. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> but you, you get my point. You know, winners breed winners, whereas you know, players that are a bit mamby pamby. There, well, that, that, that's kind of what you, the culture you you breed, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Look, we'll see what comes of this. Uh, supposedly tomorrow on, uh, I think it's NBC, which is obviously American um, American channel, two thirty. There's going to be a conference or an interview with um, Daniel Ek to talk about his plans for a takeover. Obviously, I'm not, not going to be able to watch that because we don't live in America. But I'm hoping that there's going to be some um, uh, there's going to be some uh, footage of it, and and you know, no doubt we'll get to see what was said. I'm sure we will. Yeah. What would be good is if it started a bidding war. Um, I forget his name. There's uh, Usmanov who obviously sold his shares in Arsenal to the Cronkies so that he could get out and and do something with Everton. I don't know if he did in the end or not. And also um, African billionaire whose name escapes me, but big Arsenal fan always talking about buying Arsenal. So you've got three big heavy investors there that are willing to have a bit of a, a fight over it. Um, that, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. Mm. All right. Yeah, we will see indeed. Thank you. Um, so talking of Henri, I mentioned Henri. He's been inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame this uh, this week, along with Alan Shearer. Um, 
And I think there's, I'm sure you put it out on Twitter, but is there a vote? You, players, uh, fans get to vote who the next player should be to go into the, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Is that right, Diddley? There is. So if you log on to premierleague.com and find the, I think, I'm sure it comes up on their homepage. There's some nominees and you can vote for, there's quite a lot of players here. I'll, I'll read them out quickly. Tony Adams, David Beckham, Dennis Bergkamp, Sol Campbell, Eric Cantona, Andy Cole, Ashley Cole, boo, Didier Drogba, Les Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand, Robbie Fowler, Stephen Gerrard, Roy Keane, Frank Lampard, Matthew Letizia, Michael Owen, Peter Schmeichel, Paul Scholes, John Terry, Robin Van Persie, boo, Nemanja Vidic, Patrick Vieira and of course Ian Wright, right, right. So yeah, plenty of Arsenal players there. You get to choose six. So just vote for the Arsenal players. At Arsenal Twitter, do your thing. We're famous. So Adams, Burkamp, Sol Campbell, Ian Wright, Patrick Vieira, and then choose whoever else you want. But mainly those. Mainly those ones. Mainly those players. Um, so, uh, yeah, Henri's got into Premier League Hall of Fame, along with Alan Shearer, rightfully so, I think. You know, Shearer is top goal scorer in Premier League history. Um, thoughts? I mean, hard to say. It's not deserved, really, isn't it? Yeah, you can't argue with that. I'm, the... su- I'm, I'm surprised that this is not a thing that existed already, to be fair. Yeah, it's quite an American thing to do, isn't it? A uh, Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. Um, of the uh, of the players that you've just read out that used to play for Arsenal, former Arsenal players, who do you think deserves it most to go in next, and why? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. That's one of my questions as well. It's not even off Twitter. Mm. Um, out of those, though, I think. You can't look further than Mr. Arsenal, really. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel the way he transformed himself, you know, from the previous managers and old school to playing under Arsenal and he took his play to a new level and uh, that sums it all up. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, he had to reinvent himself after his uh, on-the-field problems. And I'm I'm just looking. Yeah. I did see, did see something today. There were some stats actually about uh, Tony Adams where somebody had put a tweet out saying criminally underrated in sort of Premier League history. Um, and I, I can't find it. But I think he's got like the best, clean, the highest number of clean sheets ever in it's Premier 100, League history. 115 clean sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the problem as well, isn't it, with with this day and age of, of football, I guess, that it's all about Premier League and football did start before the Premier League. Um, but even football in the Premier League, the Premier League started in 1992. I suspect over 50% of our followers on Twitter were born after 1992 um, and therefore have no real appreciation for what, what went before them. Like we all do, of course, you know, you, if you weren't alive to see people play, then that's the way it is. But um, someone else also did put a good, comment out earlier to say I never saw Alan Shearer or Thierry Henry play football but I've got enough respect to know what they were about and how good they were and their records speak for themselves so they fully deserve to be in there I think that's the same for um, 
I think that's the same for, for Tony Adams. So I'm with you. Yes, I think uh, Adams should probably be the next Arsenal. And former England captain as well, let's not forget. Um, uh, he should be the next one in there. So, um, But for the time being, it's Thierry Henry. And uh, well done, mate. Well done. Now, are you, am I right in thinking that you've got a, a surprise game? That's obviously not a surprise because I know about it. <laughs> I do, yeah. So hence I've got um, hence the awkward silence there. <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I was uh, away with the fairies. Um, yeah. So uh, usually we play wrong or right, right, right. We do. We do. Uh, which are facts based on Ian Wright. But this week, because Thierry Henry was inducted into the Hall of Fame, we're going to do a special Thierry Henry edition of wrong or right, right, right. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to read out four facts. Three of them are true. One of them is not. Okay. You have to tell me which one is not true. Simple as that. Play along at home. Let me find it. Here we are. So Thierry Henry's full name is Thierry David Henry. Okay. He scored a total of 228 goals for Arsenal Football Club in all competitions. Okay. Number three, he won the Premier League Golden Boot for a record four times. Mm -hmm. He won the Euro Golden Shoe twice. In consecutive years. So um, which one is four is wrong? I do you know what I know which one is wrong? That's how big of a Thierry Henry geek I am, I think. Mm-hmm. Because Thierry David Henry is actually known as Thierry Daniel Henry, if I'm not mistaken. It is, that's correct. What a geek. How could you know Striker's middle name? Only if you love the guy that much. Yeah. That was nice. Nice little nice little mix it up. I feel like I've won it too quickly. But, um, you know, almost a bit of credibility for our podcast that, um, you know, we we know our players. I don't know if I know many other of our players' middle names, but I, I definitely know that one. So, thanks for that, did it? That was good. a good game. Yeah. Whose middle name is? Well... We'll, we'll see. Next week we might play that. Yeah, that, that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, right. Other big news this week. Um, let's say the Everton game was on Friday. Today we're recording. It's Tuesday. Uh, the Everton game kind of feels like it's been and gone now. So we, we will touch on that, of course. And the Villarreal game on Thursday. Uh, big, big match. Um, and then following that, we've got the Newcastle game um, against Arsenal on Sunday. But other big news this week is um, they are, there's going to be a social media boycott by clubs in the Premier League, uh, the Football League, and the Women's Super Leagues. So there's going to be a four-day boycott of social media platforms in an effort to combat abuse and discrimination. That's going to start on the 30th of April, uh, which is, what, Friday, Saturday? I'm losing track. Um 
so yeah, so it's going to start on the 30th. The Football Association, as well as league bodies and other organisations, including anti-discrimination charity Kick It Out, will also be involved. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Diddley? I mean, it's 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 another almost taking the knee sign. I guess what's good about it is it's going to be a short stint um, where people will you like to think stand up and, and take note of the lack of content that's going to be on social media. Whereas there's been, um, I suppose, a bit of criticism from the, the, the taking of the knee before matches that it's kind of lost its meaning. Uh, and obviously yeah. some players and some clubs have stopped doing it now, haven't they? So um, yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, it's a step, isn't it? I, I still feel the platforms don't do enough. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the biggest issue for me. That, and this is across the board. You know, UA for the FA punishments aren't severe enough, so people just keep getting away with. Abusing what they want, yeah. Players, people, racially and and otherwise, and it's it's not good enough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's a, it, it's it's a good gesture. It's a step in the right direction. But let's be honest, it's not exactly going to solve things overnight. More needs to be done. And I think you're right. It does start with the uh, social media platforms themselves, making people more accountable. I mean, would you be willing to um, have your account verified before you're able to post another tweet if that meant uploading some form of identification, driving license, yeah, passport, or whatever? Yeah, good. I, I absolutely would as well. I don't care. I know some people are going to be like, well, it's my identification. I don't want to upload it. Da, 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 da. Fine, then don't join. Exactly. That should just be the rules. I think the same thing. At the end of the day, people are getting away with stuff scot-free because they're hiding behind you know, an image of God knows what and um, saying whatever they want and there's no accountability um so I, you know this this week as i said i did have a ray parlor had a um controversial interview shall we say with with uh robbie from AFTV. um some agreed with parlor some sort of absolutely disagreed with parlor i sort of said so i think they're both crap personally just my personal opinion and i got got a few pelters for it on on social media and that's fine you know everyone can have their own opinion on stuff if the world agreed with each other on everything it'd be a boring place to live wouldn't it you know um but it's okay to disagree and be respectful about it which the majority of people were but there were one or two that were a bit fiery with me and i did did for a split second think this is me just you know, having a disagreement with someone over an opinion on football. I can only imagine what it's like getting actual, you know, uh, abuse, racial abuse, just from playing a game of football, your team not winning. Maybe it's not even down to you. And, you know, for, for, for a short moment, it does get you thinking, this is ridiculous. You know, how can people get away with such stuff? So, um, did you, are we going to be supporting this, do you think, from the 30th to four-day ban on on talking about football just to show our support and you know i th- i think so yeah good i think so too all right well uh you're not going to hear from us for four days <laughs> yeah but uh um and hopefully you understand and support that and um hopefully we see lots of of that from other um you know football accounts as well because it's a it's a really important issue and one that we we're you know we fully support and agree with um so so that's that. Right. 
as I say, next thing we're going to talk about is going to be Everton. And I, I, there's no point in going into it um, sort of with a fine-tooth comb. It was a crap game. It was on Friday, as I say, 8 o'clock, a home game. Another loss this season. Um, but I guess just two things, really. One, let's quickly look at the starting lineup, as we always do. And two, just some key moments, anything in particular that you either noticed, um, liked, hated, um, on, on that point, really. So do you have the starting lineup to hand, or do you need me to get it? I have, yeah. So or, Leno in goal. Yep. Uh, I was wondering who CC was that I've written down. I thought, Carlton Cole, maybe. <laughs> But uh, Callum Chambers Indeed. at right back, uh, Granite Xhaka again at left back, Pablo Mari, Rob Hold in centre backs, Thomas Partey and Ceballos in midfield, with Emil Smith Rowe in the number ten spot, Saka on the right, I think Pepe Pepe on the left, and Eddie Inketia starting up front due to Abamyang and Lacazette being out. Correct. With Martinelli right. on the bench. Yeah. yeah, Martinelli on the bench. Right decision for you? Or yeah, you... I, I, I mean, I'm looking at this. I think we said last week um, it's Europa League or bust this season. I think we're too far behind yeah. chasing pack for Europe. Um, and so I, I think to a degree it's handles force with some of those decisions. The likes of um, uh, Eddie and Katia starting. I, and I say... Martinelli on the bench, but actually, was he just looking ahead, thinking, well, if I don't get Lacazette and um, Aubameyang back for the game against Villarreal, would I rather start with a fresh Martinelli up front than a tired Martinelli up front um, against Villarreal, if if it comes to that? So, yeah, the right decision in that respect. Do you know what? This season has been such a shit show, um, to put it politely, that it's so hard to, at this stage of the season, actually decide who deserves to play over any other player because the bulk of them have been crap. You know, who, who's going to play right back? Callum Chambers, Suarez or, or uh, Bellerin? They've all been pretty average, haven't they? Who's going to play yeah. in the centre? Pablo Mario or Gabriel? Gabriel had a good start, but he's kind of waned off a little bit. So, you know, it could be one or the other. I'm not, I'm not too fussed. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we'd have to go into every single player. So, so, was it the right team? Yeah, probably. I suppose so. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I was I was surprised how strong it was. Yeah. Uh, despite it being Everton, I feel like because we played on the Friday, that helped make his decision. That extra two days to uh, re- recover. Um. Yeah, but I I think he could have rotated a couple more to be honest and just just gave them an extra break. Yeah. Uh, so they're fresh for Thursday. Um, we started the game all right. First five minutes, I thought we were on the front foot. We looked like we were up for it. Maybe we were spurred on by the Europa Super League nonsense, by the protests. Do you think that affected uh, anything? Do you think that got the players thinking, oh, hello, bit of trouble outside? or? I don't know. It would have spurred me on, personally. I don't know. I don't, it would have spurred can't... you on as opposed to got got you feeling a bit anxious. I mean, look, they're lucky that the crowds weren't in the stadium because nobody wants to play against a booing crowd, even if it's not against you as, as players. It's more about the owners. 
it was a microcosm, this performance of our whole season, really. A lot of half and puff, no end product, lack of creativity and shooting ourselves in the foot. <laughs> Nicely summed up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, there were two big decisions or um, events, if you like, that I think came from this game. One being a penalty that probably shouldn't have been given, uh, was given, and then was overturned, which was a foul on Ceballos, I forget by who, um, and a penalty was given to us. I mean, thoughts on that? You've seen him given, you've seen him not given? Uh, I, I don't want to start making excuses for this performance, um, for the result, but it, it's a soft penalty, but... At the end of the day, so was the one last week against us for Fulham. You know, yeah. if, if those two, or well, that one's not given, and we we win the game, and this one's given, and we win the game. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about six points, and we're we're not having this negative discussion yeah. that we're yeah, having yeah. now about it. Um. But again, we've not done enough to win the game, but I don't think they did it. They offered anything, really. Everton? Yeah. Uh, no, all in all, it was a crap game and a complete waste of a Friday night, <laughs> if we're going to be completely honest. Um, yeah, it was a soft penalty. That's right. It was a foul by Richardson, uh, which was soft, um, but I would have taken it. You know, I wouldn't have gone, oh, God. Like you say, we've had enough bad bad luck this season. But- and. That was overturned, so it was offside, right? Yeah, it was offside. That's right. So, um, and even the offside was like by a, uh, and and that's bollock hair, wasn't it? It was like (laughs) hardly anything, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they get the two lines out? It was was level, uh, and they used his elbow. I don't. I just. I don't know what they're doing anymore. No. Um, and then the other big sort of decision from this game was the goal for um, a decision, big event for this game was the goal by Richarlison, which was just a shambles from the minute he got the ball because he skins Xhaka, doesn't he? Yeah, Xhaka's done well at left back, but I was always worried 1v1 against someone, a little bit of pace, a little bit of trickery. Yeah. And there it was evident. He got done very easily. He dives in because that's what he does. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm not blaming him. It's not his position. He's, you know, central midfielder. And let's be honest, because I know you're going to come on to the goal, but he, yeah. he shot from the, the byline, basically. So, yes, he beat Xhaka, but it's not as if he beat Xhaka and he was one-on-one with the keeper. He beat Xhaka yeah. and it was between, if you like, the corner flag and, and, the, and the goal. So he got into a dangerous position, but not as if it was, um, as I say, a scoring position. Um, tell us what happens after that, did Lou? Well, <laughs> Leno, I, I don't know what he does. Just bad goalkeeping, isn't it? He, yeah, so Richarlison takes the shot. Was it a cross? I'm not sure what it was. I think it was a cross. Yeah, shot, hoping it something happened, someone got on the end of it, and it was our keeper that did. Then I fumbled it in. Yeah, he sort of bends down to collect it, hits his leg, and sort of goes in, doesn't it? Really 
Manuel Manuel Armunia like um, David Ospina. I mean, there's been plenty of keepers, so we won't need to go into them. But yeah, yeah, and he's he's had a lot of stick, I think, um, from this, and his form's been a bit patchy recently. He's got two years left on his contract. How how are you feeling about him? Do we offer him a new one? Because we're at that point now where it's kind of make or break, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's uh, it's one of those. Obviously, the last summer window was do we keep Martinez or do we keep Leno? And mm. we decided to go with Leno and sold Martinez. Um, and Leno came out very strongly, didn't he? Say almost in a Terminator style delivery. I'm the number one. I would always be the number one. Nobody can ever beat me. I'm the best. That's the expectation here type stuff. And we thought this guy means business. I love how focused he is. He's, he is the number one. Yeah. Go on, go on lad. Um, and there have been moments this season where he's been unbelievable. You know, yeah. fantastic yeah. saves. But there have been a few creeping in where there have been the odd error and you think, come on, you're better than that. Um, well, I think in that statement, you know, there's the problem as well. You know, on the flip side, him saying, I am the number one. Well, who's challenging him? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm sure he came out recently. I might mention it last week or week before. He's come out recently and said, I might just run down my contract and then see what's kicking yeah. about elsewhere. And I think that in itself tells a bit of a story of, mm, I'm not too fussed. I've got it comfortable here. They won't sell me because I'm too good. Um, so whatever. And I think that that's what I'm trying to say about, when I talk about the Juventus thing and from the top down, it's like you have to win you know failure is not not allowed um i do it seems like we don't really have that mentality at arsenal and, and at one point we had a lot of average keepers but they were all fighting to be number one now it feels like you know we we've i don't know i keeper situation seems weird because we've got matt ryan on alone there's the opportunity to buy him he's only gonna have one year left on his brighton contract at the end of the season played a couple of games done pretty well to be fair been unlucky if we got him cheap enough i wouldn't say no but is he like your star quarterback? Is he your number one goalie that's going to get you Champions League football every every year? Mm, I'm not sure. You? No. Well, he's not. But look, Leno's Leno's a good keeper. I think if he was put up for sale, there there would be suitors for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, he doesn't. For me, he doesn't make these sort of mistakes that often to call him a calamity keeper or, or, or what have you. And he does have a good personality where something like this happens when he's questioned, he does come back stronger. Yeah. I think he's shown that in the past where he was, there was a lot of sort of pro Martinez. Why have we sold Martinez? We should have sold Leno and, and, and he, I thought he came out really strongly yeah. at the start of the season and yeah, showed yeah. why we kept him. Do you think that's why he was dropped the other day? Because uh, Matt Ryan started against Fulham, didn't he? I don't know. I mean, I, I was surprised that Leno started this game as well. I, like you said, with the league and the, the eggs being in the Europa basket, that, that maybe you just stick with Matt Ryan for the league now. Hmm. 
but he's only on loan. You know, are we going to keep him? Look, I mean, the, the thing we've got to look at is who are the best keepers in this league? You would argue Allison at Liverpool, Edison at Man City. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm skeptical about Allison. Well, this is my point, but this is my point. They make you know, errors. They all make errors, you know, yeah. all of them. Um, and they are some of the best keepers. Um, so maybe what because thought- we, we see him week in, week out, that's why we criticise the likes of Leno as harshly as we do. But if you were a Liverpool fan, a City fan, a United fan or whoever, and you were looking at Leno, you'd go, yeah, he's a pretty good keeper, actually. He's not bad. All right, he's made an error, but so do our keepers, you know? I don't know. I don't think he's our biggest issue and in the team at the moment. Um, but this summer, we do need to sell. And you know, if he's... If he's got two years left on his contract, would you offer him a new contract now? Or would you look to sell him this moment in time? I think if we could get a good amount of money for him and we have an ideal replacement in mind, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I also wouldn't be opposed to offering him another deal. My view is if we offered him a new contract and he took it, fantastic. If we offered him a new contract and he didn't take it, now is the time to sell him. Not yeah, when you've got a year left. Not when you've got 18 months and it's creating uncertainty. This summer is like a, you're two years out. Here's the contract. Accept it or we're going to sell you. And he might say, do you know what? Actually, I fancy a change. Yeah, sell me. At least we've got a chance to get some some money into the into the pot to replace him with. There's nothing worse than a player going for free, is there? Um, so I know we're focusing a lot on Leno here, but I think it's, it's an important uh, thing to talk about because it's something we've been stung by so many times. And, um, you know, what is he, 29, I think he is now? Something like that. Um, you know, a keeper doesn't really come into his prime until he's like 32, 33. Uh, so, you know, maybe we expect too much too soon from some players, but I actually think he's a leader and uh, overall, I think he's been a very good goalkeeper, especially when you consider how much we paid for him, which is like 18 million or something, wasn't it? So all in all, I think he's, gonna, he's been a good purchase. And if we can keep him, let's do it. If he doesn't want it, sell him now. Yep. Uh, but by and large, it was, a, it was a crap result for Arsenal. Left us, you know, in a, in a poor position. Um, and... I'm just trying to find it, but where does that leave us in the league? Not looking too pretty. We're in 10th, um, but we've played a game more than Villa, who are only a point behind us. Um, I mean, we're 10th on 46 points. Everton are, uh, again, got a game in hand on us. They're 8th on 52 points. That's a big gap at this part of the season to try and make up. So... um, yeah, it's definitely over in the league. Let's be honest. It's definitely over in the league. So it's got to be Europa League win or nothing. Now, of course, that brings us nicely to the Villarreal game that we've got on Thursday against former manager Unai Emery. Um, serial Europa League um, UEFA Cup winner. Uh, and if that isn't difficult enough, should we progress past this stage? We've then got either Manchester United or Roma. So, 
you know, trying to win this competition is not going to be easy. And I know our, our record against United is good, but they are a team that are better than us on paper, I think. Yeah, and having watched the Roma at the weekend, I I don't fancy them to make the final. No. Uh, so it could be an all-English final. Not that we should count our chickens. No, you know? we shouldn't. What do you remember of Emery that you think we will see from his team? Quite a lot. I think he likes to get the fullbacks high up the pitch. Um, he he still likes to play out from the back. He does like to play out from the back, yeah. Um, and I don't think uh, they're very good at it, if I'm being honest, from what yeah. I've seen. They're very similar to us in terms of league position and, and quality. It, it's going to be an interesting game. They've got some pace on on the wings. They've got a young guy called Chukwesi. Yeah, he plays. Not on crazy. The right you're you're crazy. Yeah, he Awful. plays on the right hand side. So you know, your left back Shaka could be uh, could be under threat. Do you think Shaka will be Saka though? Do you think that left back position will actually be somebody that's got a bit more pace? No. You think he'll stick with Shaka just from a defensive? I- I do, yeah, because I just feel like he's at a point now where he's not mixing it up too much in the back four and with his options limited. I can't see Cedric coming in. He's not played for three or four games. Yeah. I can't see it. I think he's going to stick with Shaka because he does offer at least that, that passing ability where he steps into midfield a little bit. And he balances the team being a left footer on the left side, doesn't he? Yeah. I think one thing we always saw from Arsenal under Emery was um, high scoring games. You know, they'll concede a lot, but we'd always, um, you know, it would be a 3-2, a 4-3, a 5-4 type game. So I think what we can take comfort from is that chances are his teams would either get hit on the counter-attack uh, because he said his his uh, fullbacks like to play high up. Um, also, they they play around at the back quite a lot, much like Arsenal under Emery used to. Um, but what Arteta has done well and instilled into this team is is pressing high up the pitch. You know, we scored quite a few goals this season from sort of poaching the ball off goalkeepers and defenders. Um, in particular, Eddie Nketi is very good at that. As is Martinelli. So as is Martinelli, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know that that might not be the worst thing that we end up with with you know one or both of those two playing against this team. Um, Who so, would you go with to start? Uh, I'd go with Martinelli. I think he offers more, and I'd bring Enketia on as a super sub because I think he's yeah, better as an impact player. I would too. Just I do feel like Martinelli can do what Enketia does, but he does give a little bit more. Yes. Um, his pace alone adds that fear factor to defenders doesn't it yeah and I think late on if you do if you are looking for a goal Eddie's your man you know stick him in a six yard box Uh, when defenders are tired lacking concentration that's when he when he's best yeah so I agree you know this is a this is a massive game for us a massive game for Arteta 
versus uh, Emery versus the man that he's replaced. If he loses this game, where, where, where do you think it leaves him? Um, I don't think it changes anything for him. I think the Cronkies appreciate this is a long-term plan. Um, and they think, from what I read today, that they believe he's four or five players away from having his own squad, and that's what they'll judge him on, which is what we've said pretty much from the, the start of the season, isn't it? You know, it takes time to get players in, get players out, and um, use the, the squad as you want it, as you see fit. Um I don't think it changes anything for him personally. The league's gone, fine. Everyone can accept that. It's been gone for a while, really. Uh, the Europa League has been ropey this season because our group games are against, you know, third-tier teams, if we're honest, and that's being kind to some of them. Um, we scraped through against uh, Benfica. We scraped through against... Um, that's a lie. In the end, we were quite convincing against uh, Slavia Prague. Um, but I think Villarreal will offer a different test. So I, I don't think it changes anything from Arteta's position, but I do think it adds maybe a little bit more heat going into next season, because if he gets off to a bad start next season, then I can see them letting him go. Um, and maybe rightfully so, because how long do you actually hold on to somebody before saying, yeah, the process mm. is working once every you know six weeks, but we need it a bit more consistently than that. I think if you liken it to a to a boxing match, I would suggest Arteta is losing on points at the moment. And he needs a knockout. Sorry? And he needs a knockout to win the match? Well, I think if he loses the first leg, you know, that's another knockdown. And if he loses the tie completely, we go out. We're out of Europe next season. I would say he's fully against the ropes. And yeah, definitely he's in trouble next season. He's he's got to pull a knockout out of the bag and and get the team playing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, get him up the table. I think you're right. Um okay. What's your prediction for that first leg? I know it largely depends on who's actually available to play it, but uh, uh am I right in thinking uh, let's have a look. I believe, yeah, that one's away. So it's an away leg. So we must score first, really, or we must at least score to give us some advantage because otherwise you are on that back foot again, aren't you? Well, bizarrely, we we seem to be a little bit better away from home. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I definitely think we can get a goal. Yeah. That many. <laughs> give me a prediction. I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Okay. I think it could be quite cagey and quite boring, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win because I think Arteta's team, uh, sorry, Emery's teams, as I say, they, they are usually quite attacking, um, but also they concede goals. And Villarreal are... Uh, let me just have a quick look, actually. Do you know where they are in the league at the moment? Seventh. Oh, they're seventh, are they? Even worse than I yeah. thought. So, um, they're, they're, they've uh, lost their last two games as well, I think. So, yeah. they're not in great form. Seventh in La Liga is, like, terrible, if you ask me, because it's, it's you know, once you get past the first 
three teams. The rest of them are just bang average. Um, whereas in the Premier my, League... My biggest concern, Angelo, is that without Aubameyang and Lacazette is where we where we get those goals from. But do you, do you not feel like when we've got Aubameyang and Lacazette, sometimes it's like, here's the ball, make it happen, or here's the ball, score a goal. And we, we almost play less of a t- as a team than... Almost if you've got, I'm going to say the kids, but if you've got, uh, I don't know, share the responsibility out a bit more. It got a bit like that with Henri at one point. I'm not comparing this Arsenal to that Arsenal, but with Henri, it would be like, give the ball to Henri and it'll make something happen. I kind of feel like sometimes with Aubameyang, and with, maybe less so with Lacazette, but it's a bit like, here, do it. <laughs> do it yeah. all by yourself. Um but I get I get your point. I guess if those two are our goal machines, and Lacazette's been in great form up until his recent injury, uh, yeah, where are the goals going to come from? We can only hope that you know Saka, Pepe, and, uh, and Martinelli can can deliver the goods for us. So yeah. Uh, okay, well, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, we can get off to a good start and get some away goals that will put us in a good position for that return leg. Um, and finally, before we quickly answer some listener questions, um, we play Newcastle at 2 p.m. on Sunday. I think that the biggest, well, more the the only thing of importance that I can um, uh, that I can say there is that Mike Dean's the referee. So thank God it is a match that doesn't really mean anything because uh, I'm pretty certain he's a Spurs fan. <laughs> he says he's Tramir Rovers, but I'm pretty sure he's a Spurs fan. Uh, we always seem to have some form of escapade when he's um, he's taking charge of, of our games. Um, any particular thoughts on that? I mean, as I said, Joe Willock's doing well, but he won't be able to play against his parent club as part of Premier League loan rules. Yeah, credit to Steve Bruce. He's got Newcastle out of a bit of a sticky situation. Um, Joe Willock... Doesn't start for Newcastle, but he's come on and he's scored some really, really crucial goals for them. Mm-hmm. I still feel it's a game we should win. You know? Yeah. Yeah, a game we should win, but one you wouldn't be surprised that we don't. And I think we'll rotate quite heavily for this one. On the basis that we'd have just played on Thursday and we've got an yeah, important second round. Yeah, on, on the basis that, you know, these two games are massive they're massive yeah I agree mate I agree well they're season defining really aren't they that's the thing they are yeah they literally are season defining it's Um, make or break really yeah 100% alright let's read some listener questions I won't even bother going into predictions for that game because I mean well you can can give one if you want but let's be honest it's not really going to change anything for us so uh so why bother? Right, so um, got a couple of questions this week. Uh, first one is from Ashish Shetty, who's at Ashish8782. Um, and he asks, am I helping Arsenal if I take a Spotify premium membership? <laughs> well, you may well be, mate. Time will tell. You may well be. But, um, you know, that well, that's what leads me to be a little bit cynical about the whole thing, because uh, Spotify recently, well, yesterday, I think it was, or, or today, put their their prices up. 
by two pounds a month, weren't it? Did yeah, I mean? yeah. So as he just looked at it and go, you know what, I'll make a, or it's just a casual statement that's accidentally. Yeah, been taken you know, out of context. Yeah, and uh, had this. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, you 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 pro- probably are because the more money he gets, the more chance he has of of buying us. So. So your twelve pound a month could make all the difference <laughs> between Cronky in and Cronky out. Yeah. Um, thanks for that, Ashish. Um, right. Next question is from Reese Hill at Reese H eighty seven. Hi, Reese. And he says, if you could sign one player realistically from the Premiership this summer for Arsenal, who would it be and why? Now, Reese, I'm a stickler for detail. The Premiership was renamed to the Premier League. I always like to tell people that. It makes me sound important. <laughs> <laughs> but really, really, I don't give a shit. Um, so, if we could sign one player he from... Does. Say again. He does. You do. He- I do, I do a little bit. I'm OCD like that. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's all good. It's all good. If you could sign one player realistically, that's the important bit here, from the Premier yeah. League this summer for Arsenal, who would it be and why? It's a tough you one. Want to go first? You go first. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, mate. You're I think, okay, I'm just going off the cuff here. I think our big issues still lie in midfield. Probably more obvious to say in defence, but I still think midfield and I still think someone decent to um partner with party um I agree so we have been linked with uh it's embarrassing because i've forgotten his name place for brighton Basuma. uh thank you yes Basuma. um you know i haven't taken particularly close notice to him until we were being linked and everyone's saying we should get him we should get him and he does look really athletic uh, you know very technical um strong kind of a, a really good um what could be a really good um player to play alongside party so that is probably who i would say to go for and even though we're having a, a terrible season arsenal is still a massive club and and with respect still a huge upgrade on brighton so he is probably the one i would go for the only other one would be a, a decent right back and we were linked with Tarek lamperty but i'm not sure he's really the answer if I'm honest, I think people just wanted a name. No, um, I'm not either. So I, I can't give you a name for that. So I'm going to go with Basuma. But uh, if you can think of a decent right back, then I'd, I'd probably take one. But I can't, not from the Premier League, no. Okay, so who would your Premier League signing be? Again, I was looking at the team and thinking, where do we need to strengthen? I think it is central midfield. Um look at our options El Nenny it's not great yeah. uh, Sabayas I think uh, rumours are that we're not going to sign him permanently so we've got Guendouzi who's probably not going to stay at the club Torreira not going to stay it leaves us really short um, yeah yeah and Odegaard potentially going back apparently as well because Zidane said he's untransferable. Mm. Look, as much as I would love to have someone like Jack Grealish in the, in in the side, the question was realistic. <laughs> I don't think we can afford him. Uh-huh. So I've gone for a sort of out of the box type. This is a really random one. But I don't think he's on anyone's radar at all. 
Okay. But I'm going to say Mateus Pereira from West Brom. Yeah, okay. He had a good game the other day, actually. I think he's a really underrated player. He, he offers a lot going forward, going backwards. Creative, you know, defensive as well. Someone that would be cheap, they're probably going to go down. Let's hope. Yeah. So, yeah. Swap deal with uh, Angel McNanals. Yeah, why not? If it's not going to work out for him and he yeah. wants to stay. Yeah. But that, yeah, someone like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one if you want to be realistic because the majority of the players I, I would want are probably not going to come. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that, Reese. That was a tough one, to be honest. And, and I think we said last week or week before we are going to have a um, who should we keep, who should we sell review of the the, the squads come the end of the season. So uh, we may end up with a, a really bare squad yeah, by the squad, end of. Yeah. And then we're going to do some uh, transfer special podcasts as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look out for those. Watch this space. Uh, final question this week from a friend of the show, Scott Borg at SM underscore Borg. He says, quite a simple one from me this week, lads. Which single football position do you think is the most important on the pitch and why? So, Diddley, which football position do you think is the uh, on the football pitch is the most important and why? Well, if I had to, to nail down one position for that answer, I would probably say cent- central midfield. I just feel like it's the catalyst for everything that, that you do as a team. It's the engine. It's the link between defence and attack. It, it's, it, you can dictate the tempo, the way you play. Um, you can act as a shield for your defence. It's everything, really. You can win or lose a game from central midfield. Yeah. And... I think the reason why we're so inconsistent is that parties maybe not being the player that we hoped so far. I think he's still adapting. He he looks like he's getting there next season. Hopefully we see his full potential, but I think we, I still think we need probably someone better alongside him. Yeah. Funny enough, I was going to say exactly the same. I was going to say central mid and, um, you know, as you're talking about that, and we were talking about um, with Reese's question beforehand, on and sort of we both went for midfielders. I just look back and think, for Arsenal at least in in, in Premier League era, surely the blueprint of a good squad was the '98, '97-'98 squad, which had the um, Petit and Vieira partnership in the middle of the field. You know, they were that. They were that fantastic shield. Um, of what was really a great back four. Um, but also the transition then to, to the strikers was through them as well, you know. And we've never really, really had a a true replacement for that as a partnership. Vieira has certainly been very hard to uh, replace, but Petit had such a, uh, an important role as part of that, that double act. And uh, everyone always says, oh, we never really replaced Vieira. Well, I'm not sure we ever really replaced Petit, people would argue maybe um, Cesc Fabregas, but you know Fabregas was a different type of player altogether, wasn't he? He was more of a creative midfielder than a holding midfielder. So I'm with you. I think central mid is the is the most important position. 
I think you're doing a bit of a disservice to uh, Gilberto Silva, but, you know. Uh, well, no, I, I was going to say the invisible wall, but I think Silva was probably more of a replacement for uh, a Vieira. You know, we haven't, we've never had two, I guess my point is we never had two solid mm. central midfielders in the same guise as we did with those guys. That's just my opinion, of course. Uh, so that's that. Yeah, Thanks for your questions. We had like a good double act uh, for one game against Man City a few years back with Cazorla and Coquelin and everyone thought that was, that yeah, was it. The yeah, that's, that's the answer to all our problems. Yeah. When in fact it was nothing to do with that. It was just with Wenger actually being a bit more cautious on the day and uh, playing a counter-attack style of football instead of trying to beat City at their own game. That's the reason that we won that game. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, there's always a, he's the new Vieira, he's the new Henri, he's the new whatever. <laughs> it's just thrown about so so easily, isn't it? Um, but hey, there you go. Right, I think we've rambled on for long enough. We've got loads to, uh, sorry, we've gone through loads rather this uh, in this particular podcast. And, you know, we hardly actually spoke about the Everton game. That's how busy a week it's been. Uh, in, the, in the world of Arsenal um, so that's all I think anything to add Diddley before we wrap up and say thanks and good night no nothing from me mate just uh, keep staying strong staying safe thanks for your support what he said <laughs> um, and yeah good luck to Arsenal on Thursday that's it from us we will catch you next week Take it easy and come on, you gunners. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal.